0: This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy. It is the Chicago Verse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black, Welcome to Chicago Dynasty Podcast, recording in Pilsen on the south side of Chicago at Dynasty Podcast Studio. And I am here with a, a woman who I've known for a long time through the through the scene, through the music community in here, and I would say an institution in Chicago music, uh, Brianna Gatlin of Swank PR. How are you doing?
1: I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm excited about this. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> you know, I mean... I have known you just through again, kind of like "quote unquote" the scene for a long, long time, mm-hmm. and you're somebody who I always see kind of behind the scenes when I'm leaving a festival, when I'm backstage at this and that. Like, and you're somebody who you know I'm always getting emails from saying, "Hey, this is going on around the city. This is going on." You are a presence in Chicago music.
1: Thank you. You really are. I really appreciate that.
0: And to me, it felt as much as anyone I've found on this show is like, "Man, this was overdue." So I apologize almost for not no having worries. you on sooner. I'm glad we got to do this tonight.
1: I'm I'm excited. I was very excited when you asked me. It's just, it's been like everybody's just asking me now <laughs> to, to talk.
0: So is it one of those things where you're kind of like, I've been here forever, but like everybody just kind of started to notice or, or like...
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't, You know what? I think that it has a lot to do with just timing, to be honest with you. And And I think, and I hate to say it, but there's so many people here. There are. And there's so many people doing so many different things that sometimes it just is one of those, wow, why haven't I thought about it? But it's more about the fact that we're all running around. We're all busy. And so for me, like I'm always, you know, I don't take things personal in that sense because I know- that I'm, I'm pretty sure I've overlooked something or, you know. So <laughs> it's I,
0: impossible not to, yeah. Exactly, yeah. and
1: and with everybody doing so much, like when you finally get a chance to sit and you're like, wow, let me lay out who I want to bring on, then you just kind of get creative and you're like, wait a minute. I have, you know, these different networks and I've never thought about this. So it just takes time.
0: Well, and it's like I'll have like Google Docs open at any given time in the year that have maybe like 20, 30 names where I'm like, hey, in the next... Three to five months, here's like another like 20 people who I've never talked to. And it's Mm -hmm. weird. It's like I've done this podcast for 75 years now or whatever. (laughs) And it's like there's certain people I've talked to four or five times. And there's others where I'm like, how have I never had so-and-so on yet for all the time I've done this? Um, But, yeah, so, again, I'm, I'm glad we were able to facilitate this because, again, you're somebody who just, wow, you have so much History in this city With the culture
1: I do I yeah. do I, I, I feel like I've been in it forever
0: So let's start there We always start at the beginning First time we interview somebody Like When did you Kind of start Your creative ambitions Your creative career How did this begin for you?
1: So for me I started at Columbia
0: it's Like so many in Chicago
1: I love I mean And that's the thing A lot of people don't realize How important That school is When it comes yeah. to Really The nucleus Of the Chicago You know Music scene mm-hmm. I went to Columbia Got my degree in magazine journalism, so I am Mm -hmm. a journalist turned publicist. Yeah. And so for me, it was a very different transition from, you know, going into PR because I was a journalist. And so a lot of times the reason why I'm so like, and you know this, I'm always pitching because I understand the importance of journalism. Well,
0: you've been on both sides of the counter. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So
1: just starting there, I used to... uh, Right, for Echo Magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do the Columbia College Chronicle, but okay. got my degree in magazine journalism. So the way I got into music is I joined this uh, organization called KUMA, which is Columbia Urban Music Association.
0: Wow, I remember that. Yeah, yeah,
1: that was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then I ended up being the president for two years in a row. And it was just because I was just one of those, like... Go-getters and execution type people, and mm-hmm. everyone wasn't that. So, you yeah. know.
0: I, I teach at Columbia God, I said <laughs> oh, this every wow. I want to go
1: back and teach.
0: You sh- you on my you would be an incredible asset there. I
1: would love to come back. I'm that's something that I'm 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 gonna work on.
0: You when you I would when be I'm a done great with fit for that. My summer. But it's interesting you say that that you know you kind of took charge because other people were not stepping up, and that's that's so true in life, but I really see that on the college level too, where it's like I can yes. after a couple weeks in the class, I'm like, okay. You four are the ones who are going to, like, walk out of here and just be, like, ready tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then others are just going to kind of, like, drift and be like, when is something going to come to me, you know?
1: And, you know, and, and that's the, the beauty of Columbia, I think, being at that school. Like, you are able – I think what Columbia did for me was it helped me really – Find my creative space in what I did because a lot of people think, "Hey, when you're a journalist or when you're a writer, in in the sense of what we do as far as how we write, that we can't be creative." Mm-hmm. And they don't realize like being a journalist is a, actually a very creative field. Absolutely, and yeah. a lot of people only look at it like, "Hey, they're just a writer." Right. And so for me, like
0: being you're a storyteller,
1: yeah, and being at so when I became the the president of Kuma, like I end up meeting Kanye like around that time, mm-hmm. and Went to Vibe, interned at Vibe magazine, and this is when Vibe was at its peak. Yeah. And after that, came back home, worked as the uh, assistant editorial director at Indigo, and got a chance to work under Hermine Hartman and all these different cool people there, and just met different people in journalism as well. And then after that, when I graduated, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And then I went back to Vibe. And that
0: was all (laughs) before you graduate. Yes, That's this was, wild
1: Yeah, this was all before I graduated And well, what people, it's something people don't know about me I actually studied journalism at Oxford University Wow uh, When I was in high school
0: That's, wow
1: Yeah, people don't know that and- So
0: you should definitely be like <laughs> teaching Honestly, probably at like Medill
1: I could probably teach at Medill I've Absolutely. never thought about it I even teach. I just thought about teaching at Columbia.
0: Well, Columbia is tremendous. And I'm not trying to slight the school that I currently <laughs> teach at. And I'm so love. grateful that they pay me. Um, <laughs> but let's say you could probably teach at both. Yeah.
1: I, and, and the thing is, is, believe it or not, that is like almost my retirement plan because I really love to teach.
0: It's a rewarding and also just like anything exhausting and sometimes frustrating experience, you know, just again, like any job. Right. But like. You know, there are probably people who take photos of Beyonce at Coachella and they're just like, oh, I'm so tired of this. You know what I mean? But (laughs) any job can have its downside. Maybe not that one. But like, but on its best day, teaching is just, it's the coolest thing because you get to see the wheels really turning and the Mm -hmm. ones who get in, you see the like, oh my God, you're going to go do something
1: Well, the other cool part is you get to actually, like, you learn from your students.
0: Hundred, and it's the biggest cliche to be like, oh, they teach me. But it really is true, man. I, I have learned so much from the six or so years that I've been teaching at Columbia. Mm-hmm. And I would be, I think, so much less informed, so much older, so unaware of so many things yeah. and so many different perspectives if I didn't have, you know, a rotating kind of cast of like 80 or so students every semester twice a year who are filling me in on all sorts of things you know and
1: that's the thing they'll know what new artist is out what new oh, song yeah. is out what's happening on social media and you're like and you know we're older and we've been around so we're so numb we're like yeah 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 No, we
0: but- were just talking about you know, with the <laughs> with the last guys who were in here the number six with cheese youtuber guys that like every time a student brings up a name that i i'm not familiar with and i go who is that they go they're on YouTube. And I'm like, that is a world <laughs> I just do not dive into no. in my free time, man. Like no. I didn't grow up on YouTube, you know. No,
1: we we actually go out and have do activities. We're yeah. not on our phones or computers. Our, in version, our free time. At
0: least for me, my version of YouTube was Beavis and Butthead watching music videos. Oh, that my was God. as close I as love, it came. I love
1: I loved Beavis and
0: Butthead. <laughs> Which would so, never yes. work today. Yeah. They,
1: I don't think they even know who Beavis is. No, they don't know
0: they don't know what MTV <laughs> is. Yeah. No. So So you have this incredible start to your career. How does that start to kind of cement into a real thing? Like, you know, where do you go to become like, hey, you know, I'm starting my own company. This is who I am. Kind of what was the beginning of that like?
1: Wow, it was actually probably one of the most difficult situations. Like, Swank came out of a crazy situation that I was in. So, once I was done with school and I went and got my nine to five stuff and did that, and I was a great writer, which is something else I do. And you
0: gotta be so multifaceted too. Yeah, you do,
1: especially like us coming from a creative arts school pretty much. Like, everybody has the idea that you're not going to get out of school and get a typical job. And so you have to be creative with every single thing that you do. You have to utilize every resource. So, of course, for me, I started doing grant writing. That was, like, my 9 to 5. And then I also helped start a magazine that's still in existence here called True Star Magazine. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a magazine when I came on board. It was actually a (laughs) newsletter. Oh, wow. And so I said, hey, if this is going to be for teens they're not going to care about a newsletter. No, A magazine is probably going to be more attractive. And so after that, I started, I was the editorial director there. I structured the magazine, came up with the whole entire structure because that's what my degree was in. And so I was able to kind of put together the sections. So they still, have, I'm pretty sure they still have all of this stuff as far as the structure today. But And I also wrote some of their grants. So Swank actually came out of True Star because the, some of the, The founders did not add me and another girl To the actual incorporation papers Uh, Yeah, it was a sticky situation And so me and her branched off and started Swank Of course, she decided she just couldn't be an entrepreneur And didn't want to do this And so I ended up with Swank by myself And originally Swank was supposed to be A customized publishing company Yeah Interesting Yes Yeah (laughs) Yes. So, So, yeah. (laughs) So
0: how does that transition into PR? Like, how do you get to like kind of not to skip everything, but like how does it become what it is today? Like, you know, how do you go from sort of inheriting this thing that like first you're getting shut out of something. And then this other individual kind of is like, this is a lot of work. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, wait, it's just me.
1: Well, what happened was one of my friends who was actually just so happened to be the manager of GLC.
0: Yeah! Wow! Yeah! Yeah!
1: At the time, he was signing good music, and this is like real fresh.
0: Yeah, and then and that was a time in Chicago. Yeah.
1: Oh my God! I mean, it's like it. it was
0: very similar to like kind of this moment we had with Chance. I mean, yes. I don't mean to say past times because that's still happening, but especially yeah. like when Chance first came out, and all of a sudden there were like like fifty new artists that everyone got introduced to. That's exactly. kind of what it was like
1: with Kanye. With
0: Kanye, like not quite so many mm-hmm. because like we didn't have the platforms we do now, but like all of a sudden you have a Lupe, you have like people finding out about like even Twista and GLC who have been Mm -hmm. around and Rhyme Fest, but you know, white kids in the suburbs didn't know about them. Right. Yeah.
1: So what ended up happening is he said, Hey, can you help me do this event? And I said, sure. Yeah. And we did an event and I invited all these media people. And I mean, I did the entire event. I think they paid me probably like $300 or something like that. And it turned out to be really good. And then after that, they were like, hey, can you do this? And so it kind of turned into something where it was because I knew all the media people, because I was a media person, I literally would just call my friends at that time or email them and say, hey, I'm working with GLC. He's part of Good Music. And that's kind of how the ball started rolling with the PR stuff. Yeah, Really, it started out as me doing a favor for a friend that turned into... But the thing is, is I realized I had been doing PR the whole time. Even when I was doing the magazine... I was the one that would go out, get the celebrities to take pictures with the magazine. So that was me all the time just getting, and I didn't know I was doing PR right. at the time. But once I realized I was doing it, then I was like, oh, I've already been doing this.
0: Like I'm already here. Yeah.
1: And it's interesting
0: because so much of what you're describing today would be called like, oh, you were out building your brand. You know what I mean? Yes. Like People didn't throw that phrase around really like back then. No. You know, And you were almost sort of like ahead of this idea of... Again, what now sort of lives on social media? Mm-hmm. But you were doing that in that like
1: before social. <laughs> I mean, it was still
0: like a digital time, but like yeah. pre-social. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. So. Yeah. So now you have Swank PR. Uh, who are some of the clients? You know, you work with a ton of Chicago talent, oh and, and there's so many.
1: <laughs> I've worked with a lot of people um, on the Chicago side. I've done stuff with Vic Mensa. Mm-hmm. I've done some events where Chance has been there and done. You know, he's performed, so I've worked with them. Who else? Any really? Any and everybody in Chicago. I was. I, was I worked say, with like, Lupe for a long time. Yeah. Um, I did his two of his tours. Uh, Boy Illinois, of course. He's who a great talent been, And a really nice guy Yes he, He's he been He changed his name recently mm-hmm. To Illy D. Williams. I love that That's <laughs> tremendous So I'm trying to think Who else have we worked I've, Okay Oh God Twista of course I've done some PR for him I've also done some stuff With LeBron James too Like I got hired to do an event For an event that he did And Jay-Z showed up Derrick Rose showed up uh, Julius small, small names, yeah, <laughs> and um, but I've also worked closely with Rayquan, which you know that mm-hmm. Rayquan, Most Dev, uh, Chrisette Michelle, Dead Press, any on the recent side, G Herbo, mm-hmm. um, anybody that has really came through the city, I've had the pleasure of working with, except for Beyonce, of course, not <laughs> but, yet, not, not yet. yet, but you know, yeah, I've I've done a lot of, and on the sports side, I've done some stuff with some of the Bears, you know, and... Yeah. So yeah, it's it's been a a lot of you know different things.
0: But you, I mean, you have this extensive, incredible portfolio of, of talent that you've worked with. Mm-hmm. Are these people approaching you? Or are you approaching them? I'm sure it's a mix.
1: Actually, I I will say this: I have always gotten recommended like that's amazing for those type of events and those type of things. So I've always appreciated that because. Even, but I think it also had to do with what you were saying earlier—just being out and being around. Sure. And I think it's more about it's like out of sight, out of mind. If you're not there, then people aren't gonna remember you. But if you're around, they're just like, "Hey, oh,
0: you're this, here." Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, so I think it
1: was a combination of that and just relationship building. Plus, I, I sat on I sat on Lupe's board for a really long time, um, and still sit on his board. But it it was one of those things, sitting on his board and doing a lot of different things outside of. Just the music, where I'm connecting with them in a whole different way. Because even with like Kanye, like I met Kanye on my own in New York on wow. the train, and me and him met, and he's like, "You're working at Vibe right now?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm an intern though." And he's like, "Yo, can you get my 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 stuff in in Vibe?" I'm like, "Bro, I'm an intern. I'll see." And literally, this Amazing. is this it's is a
0: Forrest Gump moment of Kanye was, West being like, "Can you do me?" A favor Exactly yeah. So
1: imagine So you know how long ago this was Yes This was very long well, ago Well, and
0: I, I remember this moment in Chicago mm-hmm. You know I remember working at Q101 And mm-hmm. I, I will never I mean I genuinely remember this moment Like watching MTV2 one night And Through the Wire comes on
1: Oh wow And
0: I'm just like What is this? This is great You know like <laughs> I was a fucking white metal kid and like I liked some hip hop. I liked right. Jay-Z, but it's not like now where like Spotify just means you're a fan of music.
1: Music overall. Like you like
0: yeah. genres because you didn't have a billion dollars to go to Tower Records and just buy everything. Everything. Oh. So when Kanye threw the wire the first night I heard, it, I remember watching and being like, "Holy shit, like that was a like changing moment." Wow. And I remember just like being, you know, like emailing John Monopoly and being like, "Can mm-hmm. we get him on Q101?" and we, you know, I got a response. It was like, Oh, hit up this person. Like, you know, like it was like, it kind of like almost happened. And that's my Kanye story. But like,
1: wow, it didn't happen. It didn't
0: happen. He's my, just like you mentioned with Beyonce, like one day, like to me, When I interview Kanye, I sell these mics on Craigslist and I go work at Target. (laughs) Now I don't know if a Kanye interview in 2019 would be quite what we want it to be, but like to me, he's always been the one that like. I would love to talk to like Chicago Kanye. Yeah. Oh my god. That would be my wish list. Yeah. I'm gonna
1: tell you something. Knowing Kanye at that time was so inspirational, and I believe it because he was so ambitious about getting his music out. He didn't care. He didn't have the the whole like oh I don't I don't I don't know what they're gonna think about me. No, he had no filter. Obviously, we knew he didn't have a filter, <laughs> right? But it was so pure. It was just he was so driven. You know, I, I
0: immediately connected to that. I was being like. Oh my God, there's this Chicago kid who like, I mean, he wasn't a kid, but he was like, he was young.
1: Yeah. And I was yeah. like, this
0: is a Chicago guy who like wants to, he, he fucking needs to go make it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a moment in time and you're mm-hmm. working with this tremendous talent being recommended. I, I think it's so interesting, the PR field, because it's something that I think a lot of people either do in a very, um, and I don't want to insult anybody, but it's mm-hmm. like, I think there's a lot of people who don't maybe treat it like an art. It's just kind of like they send out some, you know, some alerts. Yeah. And I look at people like you or like someone like Heather West who Mm -hmm. works at Riot Fest and things like that. And there's a story there, there's character, there's personality, and that comes through. So like, Mm -hmm. how do you approach PR where you make sure that people know that it's coming from you and that it's not just like another email?
1: I try to connect with people for real. Yeah. Um, The one thing I've learned, and I even tell my clients that I've worked with, I'm like, if it's not organic it's not going to work and the thing is is people don't realize like that go, go organic being organic with someone goes a long way it does yeah and there and you know what there was a time when no one was doing pr when i was doing it yeah And so for me, I had to be creative on even how I would pitch or ideas where I would say, well, how can I get this client in this particular article? You know, what do I need to say? So for me, it's like, okay, what are the most attractive things that you need to say in this headline or in this subject line to even get them to open the email? such a short window. Exactly. Yes. And so I'm always you have thinking. To start with the building's but you know fire. what I will tell you is I'm always thinking about the perspective of a journalist. Right. Because I am a journalist first. Yeah. And that's what I think is the difference between me and anyone else is that I'm actually a journalist. I well, still claim to be a journalist.
0: I, I think anybody who wants to work in let's say music or film or, or any of these creative fields, it's like if you have the ability, opportunity, time, etc., don't just be like you know, the director, also be like an actor, also be a writer, also be as a producer or whatever the thing is. But like the more seats you've sat at at the table, the more you understand how the entire
1: process is. Works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. know,
0: and then you have this kind of like God view of like, oh, this is everything that needs to go into this.
1: Yeah, I think. And that's the thing. Like, I think me being on the other side really helped because. Even talking to different publicists, it's all about the narrative, and people yeah. don't realize. Like, and it's not that you, and, and it's not that you're trying to be so formal when you're telling it. It has to be real. You have to make people connect with, you know, they have to be able to feel connected. When I'm talking to you, I need to feel connected to you. Well, especially you know because I mean? people
0: get so many emails, yeah. and now you're also competing with, you know, again, YouTube, Twitter, all the other oh ways, WhatsApp, whatever people are getting messaged on, yes. Yeah. And then your email has to stand through the noise Mm -hmm. and kind of, like, connect with people. Yeah. 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 So you've been doing this now uh, how long, like, as a publicist?
1: I've been... This is... I'm I'm in my 12th year.
0: It doesn't seem like people have longevity. Again, I look at someone like you or Heather West, but then... Mm -hmm alternately, especially in Chicago, I don't know if there's five other music names that pop into my head, you know, it's, in terms of publicists. Yeah,
1: I mean, you got the companies like Biz 3.
0: Yeah, and Biz 3. You know, and all respect to Biz 3, you're right. Yeah, like,
1: but again, they weren't around when I was doing VR. and no. And the thing is, is like for me, it's, it's definitely been a struggle because, you know, Biz three, they're a conglomerate. Like right. I didn't have any money behind me. I didn't have a. I had to learn to put my own structure together. Yeah, being a business entrepreneur person, you don't just ha- you don't you don't have a blueprint. Well, especially <laughs>
0: especially if you were starting, you know, what twelve years ago. So that is what, like, two thousand seven or so, yes. right? Like somewhere in that, like, mm-hmm. Facebook's brand new. It just got opened up to non-college students. Mm-hmm. YouTube is still very. In its yeah. infancy And so Twitter Twitter I mean all these things Were coming new up. Yeah And now today If your sink breaks You can go to a YouTube section And mm-hmm. watch 75 million videos About how to fix your sink. Yes 12 years ago you If you wanted to learn How to do something You had to go just fucking <laughs> Fall on your face 50 times Before you're like Okay that's how this works Exactly Because there weren't YouTube
1: tutorials At, There was I mean when we came up There was like Even me finding my contacts Like let me tell you How yeah. I, I would find them I would go To the newsstand, to the magazine stand downtown. The one right by um, the wall, it was a Walgreens, it's right on Michigan, that big newsstand that's by a water tower.
0: I know what you're talking about.
1: Yes, I would go, I would get magazines music magazines and I would go in the front and look up the, the writers and the editors yeah. and then I would try and put together their emails based on the advertising emails.
0: Based on at, what the format is of like, and, you know, J Smith and, at Rolling Stone. Exactly. Yeah. So you're like, oh well then this must be like B Jones at exactly. Rolling Stone. Exactly.
1: That's how I started. And it was trial and error. There was no oh let me Google Their email address No, I would literally And sometimes I would get You know, uh, an email back And and even back then I don't even think Emails bounced back But I'm not sure But it's just like yeah
0: That is For the age we're in now You might as well be talking about Like being a journalist In the 1930s You know what I mean? Yes, that's what it sounds like It sounds so (laughs) antiquated But there's also I think Something really cool And romantic almost About like Oh man, like I was going And just doing the work At the Bear like, you had to do all the detective work yourself. Yes. Yeah. And I don't want to see yes. people have it easy now because, they're, of course, at their own set of challenges for everything now. I was just, again, talking to the guys who have the YouTube channel, Number Six mm-hmm. of Cheese. They're doing a video a day. So I don't believe for a second that's easy.
1: I'm pretty it's, sure it's not.
0: Uh, yeah. It's not. But it's like at the, the same time. The,
1: the editing part. The editing sounds God. like a nightmare. Yes.
0: <laughs> but what you're describing is just like it's miraculous. And you were doing the work when no one else was. And I feel like I've heard stories of record labels or artists who would, you know, go to the library and just look up every record label contact yes. through some antiquated directory system. And it's just like, that's how people had to do it back then.
1: I mean, think about even the podcast. Like, yeah, you've oh my been, God. Honestly, you've been doing, I think you've been having, I think you are the lo- person that I've been knowing in Chicago that has the most longest podcast. It's the longest running
0: music podcast in yes. Chicago. We've done it 14 years. And yeah, I didn't have people's email addresses back then. I had to like... God, go on MySpace Ooh, and message them on my sidekick. Oh yeah, that's my how long God. ago this was. It was in the eighteen hundreds that I would get on my sidekick and message people on MySpace. Sidekick. You know, and <laughs> I mean, I mean, I remember bringing on Phlasterdomus in 2005. Oh my God, were have- babies and just being like. Can you come do my radio, My internet radio show And they did the interview And I guarantee They did not know What they were doing Of like, course Like they didn't know What the interview format Was for You They, know? they had
1: no clue They probably yeah. had never Done a real interview By then At that moment
0: It was early So But so, that's yeah.
1: awesome though I I love the purity Of it all Like like by the time you get to a certain level, it's like when you can go back and listen to that, like I can't imagine. Have you went back and listened to your old podcast?
0: Uh, God, like not <laughs> often because I know it's next year is the 15 year anniversary. So I know I'm going to have to probably go through. But I've got the old, old ones with like Flostradamus, Fall Out Boy, Rise Against what? from, the you know, from oh that moment God. in time. In the beginning, you know, interviewing Rise Against in a VFW hall, giving Fall Out Boy one of, if not the first radio interview they've ever done, Dude, it's just like, like you should, you should try
1: and get those published.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's something that. That's the other thing about like I think being a content producer. Where it's almost like you reach a point where you're like you've got to produce the present content, and then in theory, you're like, oh man, at some point, I've got this digital kind of like set of you know, boxes Archives. in the garage mm-hmm. that I need to go through and, and see what's there.
1: Because the thing is, is like, I think, I think a lot of the younger audience, they're fascinated with like older things at this point. Like that, like if I was like, I'm interested to hear the fallout boy interview. It's bad. And, but because that's it's, the it's, best part. It's like,
0: five of us in a room <laughs> and it's up online. It's like, it's five of us in a room. They're brand new to it. I'm brand new. So it's five dudes in a room who don't know how to do an interview. All it's it's five people driving who have never driven before and wow. it's a disaster. But,
1: but it's, it's so cool. amazing, yeah. yeah. Because you realize you're like, oh my god, I sound so stupid. Or, oh yeah, why yeah. did I ask that question or whatever? So I'm I, I just think, like um. So you, know, what, <laughs> you what probably do you guys were way think, more you know? shy. <laughs> yeah. and, well, and that's the beauty of like I think being the longevity part mm-hmm. is like we've we had to fall on our face like you said and we had to make these mistakes, but we are like. That's what separates the real from the fake too.
0: Well, and it's just, God, it's like the internet, it's been around a long time, but it just wasn't a tool for publishing and expression that like it is now. I mean, I tell these kids at Columbia that like, this is really only about 10 years old, give or take. That we've had this ability to express ourselves at this scale. I mean, there were message boards you could connect with other people, but it wasn't the same. Yeah. It
1: wasn't. Let me tell you what happened for to me when the internet when the internet came. Magazines, oh my oh, god. Yeah. And I remember the, and this is what made me really realize I wanted to do PR. My check from the source bounced.
0: Well, look at all the ebony writers now. Exactly. Yeah.
1: There's and so I said, Oh, this that was <laughs> and it was because of the internet. And right. I said, Oh, I gotta change up. I gotta yeah. figure something out. And I switched into P. That's when I really consciously said, Okay, I gotta do something. And I said, I gotta change something. And as a writer, I had to think on my feet Mm -hmm. and I had to know what was next. And so for me, it was like, I still want to write. I still want to be in this field, but I need to get on the other side.
0: That's what I did with radio. I did 13 years in radio and I loved it. It was a tremendous experience, but I saw that radio, I mean, radio still exists and it's still Mm -hmm. big, but it's like, I also saw that like You know, one year. So I worked at Q101, legendary station. That was amazing. And again, I love it. But like, we would have our company Christmas party every year at the W Hotel on Lakeshore Drive in this amazing event space overlooking the city. And and, I mean, just blah blah blah. They would give away TVs. They would get. I mean, it was luxe. It was plush. Mm -hmm. And our final year before the station flipped. Our Christmas party was a potluck at the company, at the radio station kitchen.
1: Oh, And you just go in and pick
0: stuff up. And I'm not trying to kick a station that's not around because I have so much love for Q101 appreciation. Mm-hmm. But I saw the writing on the wall that radio was like, again, it's not going away, but with Spotify it's and with the all these same. things. And that's when I was like, cool, I'm going to go try some other things. And again, I love that, but... I think now you have to also kind of be, you can love your craft, but also you can't be too nostalgic because you might have to switch it up again every five or 10 years as Mm -hmm. the, as the earth, you know, the the crust in the earth changes with the internet now. It's like, I think a lot of Instagram influencers in 10 years are going to be like, Oh, what do I do now?
1: Yeah. you know, Because like Instagram is giving people a life that they've never had.
0: Yeah. We've never seen anything like this where you can be like, you know, 14 years old or 19 years old or nine years old on YouTube or whatever and have this, like, you're speaking to 50 million people or whatever. Adults, That's kids, insane. anyone. Yeah.
1: Animals, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It,
0: yeah. It, th- I followed this little baby monkey on Instagram, and it's the cutest little monkey. <laughs> I mean, he he they give him, you know, chalk, and he, he draws on the sidewalk, and it's adorable. It's great content, wow. but I'm also just like... No monkeys ever had this audience before, which is a weird sentence to does even this donkey,
1: say. Does this monkey, monkey even know that they have an audience? No, and <laughs> like, it's like,
0: and they don't even know. They're not even aware. So yeah. um, it's changed. <laughs> yeah, Time's it's, it's changed. weird. So you have been at this for a long time. You have got this incredible roster of artists and talent you've worked with, events you have worked with. Anyone who's looking at PR as a career in 2019, anyone who's younger or maybe just looking to pivot, like what advice? I mean, a would you tell someone to start a PR career on their own in 2019? Should they work for a company? What would you? Tell I wouldn't
1: them? tell them to start it on their own. I just came in blindly, not real. Like I learned more than just PR starting it on my own because I learned I had to learn how to be an entrepreneur. So that was the hard part. The PR part was not difficult. It was definitely learning the entrepreneur, the newership part, because learning how to balance the books, have an accountant, do your taxes, make sure your company is intact and things like that. Send
0: invoices, budgets, know how to write a proper email. Exactly. Proper email,
1: come up with pitching, proposals, RFPs, all these different things. Yeah. So I I would recommend. Oh my God. So I would recommend. Anybody that wants to go into PR, I would say they should definitely go work for someone first Mm -hmm. and definitely build their contact list up. Never stop networking, for sure, because if you do want to start your own company, you should definitely work and see how it really goes first. Because, again, people have this idea of how it goes in their brain versus when they actually do it and they apply it. That's why they always tell you in college, do an internship so you can see.
0: I think a lot of young people think that they do some creative job and again they're gonna wake up and with fifty million followers of on Instagram course. or they're gonna be of best course. friends with Rihanna at Coachella and it's like that's like point 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 zero 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 to the billionth power, one percent if you're lucky.
1: And the thing is, is a lot of them don't understand the importance of, of, they don't have the hard work ethics that we had just because they have so much accessible accessibility as far as the internet, whatever. Well, I think they, they see can, it
0: look easy for people. So to young people's, and I mean, I know you're not attacking them, but a lot of people are like, these young kids are lazy. And it's like, no, they're being fed this, this line that this stuff is immediate and easy and overnight and, and it's not. life is glamorous all the time. And mm-hmm. none of those things are true. But it's like Instagram and YouTube are designed to make a lot of these things look like, oh, my God, if you just you wake just up pretty, do this. <laughs> you get sent a bunch of this and that, and mm-hmm. you get a bunch of followers, and you get rich, and that should take about three weeks.
1: Yeah, and it's not like that. And the thing is, I think even in, in speaking for me and you who have been doing this for so long, we know what it takes. We knew what it was like before. See, they don't <laughs> know what it was, was like before. Yeah. And I think we have a big – I have a huge appreciation oh my for God. the internet Yeah, because before – <laughs> it yeah. was it was just it was a struggle but it was but the other part is it was also a boutique type thing. You can everybody didn't know where someone was. You don't now you can go online and look and see where they are.
0: Well, yeah, they have these these versus
1: someone inviting you privately to an event. Yeah. And you get that intimate interview with them.
0: Well, and it was cool. <laughs> like you could discover something like Kid sister or the cool kids or yes. Lupe or Floster on MySpace and be like, no one knows about this yes. yet. You know? Yeah. Yes. It's it's not so much like now it's like Lil Nas X, who's awesome, and that's why it's great and it's catchy, but it's like that's not a secret to anybody. That's well. The
1: other thing is he didn't he didn't have to go through a lot of hard work either.
0: Yeah, and he was kind of an exception where it's like he he really did just kind of wake up overnight and it was just yes. like boom. But for every little Nas X, there's a trillion artists of all kinds who yeah. are going to have to put in the work.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: This has been amazing, and I say this to guests who really knock it out of the park and have so much knowledge. But I do these panels around the city. I would love to do a panel like a long form live event panel where we talk kind of about how artists can, you know, approach their craft in pitching, work with a publicist, mm-hmm. what journalists are look at, all that kind of stuff. Because to me, you have so much great knowledge that I think really so many so much talent young and at any age needs to hear. Just you know how to I'm down. You got yeah. me. <laughs> um, Brianna Gatlin from Swank PR and I don't want to keep you any later because I know we went way late tonight and I appreciate you so much coming through and hanging out and it's your birthday?
1: Yes. It's Happy my birthday. birthday. Oh my God. Wow. That's incredible.
0: Yes. Um,
1: but <laughs> Actually I, I did an interview yesterday too. I was like what was I thinking booking interview?" but then I was like <laughs> right. oh, I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> it's
0: like when you book a 5 a.m. flight and you're like oh that'll be fine three months from now and then you're just <laughs> like why yes. what was i why
1: i was sober that's what happened yeah exactly
0: <laughs> um brianna Gatlin from swank pr doing incredible work in the city and i have no doubt that i honestly you should start a podcast i can't imagine the stories you have
1: oh i have a lot of
0: stories let me know the studio is at your <laughs> disposal anytime
1: okay um i'm gonna think about that
0: you should you should you have i, I have no doubt that you have a lot of insight people would love but uh doing great work in Chicago with the music and creative communities here. Thank you so much for coming up.
1: Thank you for having me. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.